0: everyone and welcome to the MSC Performance Podcast. My name's Luke and today I'm joined by Max. Hello, Hello, Max. Luke. Hello Luke, how are you? This is Series 3, Episode 23 and I realised then that there's no rationale for how long a season is. I think one season was like seven episodes, this one's 23, <laughs> yeah. but we're rolling with the punches and we're into a Q&A because I think the last couple of podcasts have been a bit more relaxed. But yep. before we get into it, a uh, little bit of admin. Uh, we have the Metcon games, the Metcon games 4.0 coming up on the 29th of October, which Halloween special, Halloween special, uh, which we're planning at the moment. We've got some really good events. It's going to be a good social event. Um, you don't have to be a Metconner to get involved. So if you just want to have a bit of fun, um, you know, get stuck in and, and have a decent time. Um, you're more than welcome to book on. It's £20. You can pay by cash or card. You get a complimentary Halloween T-shirt that was designed by me slash a man from India on Fiverr <laughs> who came up <laughs> with the logo. Uh, but the T-shirt's pretty cool. Uh, so you get the T-shirt included. And then we're going off to uh, the Rolling Mill, uh, which has just been confirmed for the evening social. Mm-hmm. So if you can't come to uh, the games, please don't come to the evening. It's a limited. No, I'm joking. Please come to the evening as well. Have a few drinks, yeah. uh, and that will be fancy dress. And as it's well. nine nine till twelve, isn't it? In the morning, nine till twelve. Nine till twelve. The drinks is not nine till twelve. The drinks is it's seven onwards till uh, yes, till seven in the morning. Of and course. Um, there is a rumor that me and you have. Well, I mean, I'm starting the rumor now that we have Go got a joint custom outfit. We do. This is true, true. and we we won't say what it is, but.
1: It will have know. some. It will have
0: some impact, won't it? I think we're gonna. We're definitely gonna sort of have some kind of outfit, like Halloween-y kind yeah. of aspect in it. Whether we put it in the MetCon games at the start, now for the evening, just for the evening, for the evening. It's, it's gonna be sure. Good. I want to see Harley Quinn doing a two K row. That's what I want to see. Ooh. <laughs> Well, wicked. so today's a bit of a Q and A. We asked um, on the Instagram for any questions that people might have. So we've got some good, varied questions today. The first ones about Jeffrey Dahmer, which we're going to chase. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's uh, the hot topic at the moment. We've, uh, we've all become a bit obsessed with the, uh, the Dahmer documentary slash uh, biopic. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is going to we're going to turn it into um, analysing Jeffrey Dahmer's training routine because uh, <laughs> he was quite a man, wasn't he? <laughs> was good. Yeah uh training tips on um how to combat the cold how to maximize your training when it's getting a little bit colder now um especially at msc it's getting a little bit colder so what can you do to mitigate that and maximize your training uh what is better for fat loss low weights uh sorry low weight and high reps or the opposite of high weight lower reps what's best for fat loss um another one kind of uh another training one sorry Time off at the gym, how does it affect your strength? How does it affect mm-hmm. your strength endurance? Uh, what's your favorite Disney film? And then I want to talk about, which I really do do, we do it every year, uh, the trends of what we think is gonna happen in yes. 2023. Um, so yes, we dive straight into the most important question. Jeffrey Dahmer's training programme. He was a, he was a hench individual, wasn't he? he was- <laughs> I remember watching episode one when he first got that guy around and the guy was pretty big, and I was like, Why is this guy not just going to fight Jeffrey Dahmer? Oh, no. I didn't realize oh, at no. the time Jeff was quite muscular. We well, uh, kept, <laughs> kept asking him, didn't he? No, come on, should we have one more set? <laughs> one, more, one more set? Should we uh, party hardy? And then, you know, and then he showed his absolute athleticism. Um, so yeah, the the one that I like is his, uh, play on press up to every opportunity when he's at the uh, the college <laughs> <and> he does just, <laughs> just just press up. they uh, pick up pads that way. Yeah, but yeah. um, I think what that shows more than anything is that even if you are an alcoholic, you can achieve a good body. So no matter what you're dealing with, you know you should still be in the gym. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, okay. Maybe we should move on from <laughs> this topic. So come on, let's Sorry. talk about. So you're you're a big advocate of warming up before sessions. I see you warming up for mm-hmm. half an hour, an hour, two hours, maybe. So what would you what are some tips you'd give some people then for warming up when it's extra cold in that gym? What is a couple of tips that you'll give some people? So, yeah, with your what well, I like to think of warm-ups as on a needs basis. Mm-hmm. So, often when I give uh, a warm-up to people, it's prescribed on how they're feeling on the day. And I'll kind of have like a multi-layered thing. Mm-hmm. So, if you're feeling amazing when you come to the gym, you're not feeling particularly tight. Um, you feel pretty fresh. You might do a very, very minimalistic warm up. You might just get under a bar and get started. Yeah. Um, other days you might come in incredibly tired or you might feel like really stiff from the, the last session. Uh, you might do a bit of an extra cardio warm up. You might do some extra mobility work. You might do one or two extra warm up sets. Yeah. And I think that's exactly the same with the cold. Like in the, in you look at like the Metcons in the summer, you're hardly doing any like pulse raiser because you're already pretty warm. You're just getting into like stuff that's going to improve the actual performance of the session. Yeah. Well, I think now that it is getting cold, you do actually have to do something to warm up. Yeah, I I agree with that. And like even just an extra five minutes at the start, as you do doing on the Echo Bike, on Concept2, on a ski, on a row, something like that, just to get a little bit warm before you go into your mobility stuff, because you'll just get even colder and colder going straight into that, won't you? And I think... The key, and you've just touched on it there, is like make sure that when you're actually doing your warm up, you're doing it with intense. Because I think in the summer, and also just because it's a social thing as well at the gym, Mm. like in a perfect scenario, you're getting, you're doing your warm up, you're thinking about the training session ahead. But in reality, like you're doing your warm up, you're chatting to your mates, which is absolutely fine. Mm -hmm. But if you're jumping on the bike for five minutes, you're getting your pulse up, you're feeling a little bit warmer, and then you get into farm rolling and you lie on the floor for five more minutes, you get cold again you've lost out on the benefits of actually getting yeah. warm in the first place. So I think just with your warm-up, just being very mindful and trying to be a little bit more intentful. Yeah. I, I, I can add to that as well. It's like, it's, be, it's being very precise and accurate with how you warm up. So it's like, as you say, getting warm whilst you're on the bike or whatever you're doing. And then if you know that you're going to get cold quickly by doing foam rolling, just think about what movements you're going to do and think, right, how can I sort of minimize this down to three good mobility movements? Then you're straight into working then. So you don't have that chance to actually drop to getting cold again. So if you know you're doing, I don't know, Olympic lifting or front squats or something, and you know that you know that there's flexing through your knee, your hip, whatever. Just do a couple of moves and everything. Bam, you're straight into movement, then yeah. without actually getting cold by going onto your phone, rolling, doing all your breathing techniques, all of that kind of stuff. So it's yeah, it's trying to be. Just as smart as possible with yeah. this temperature drop, I think. You think that everything's got like, um, like you're not going to go all of a sudden do everything like that and drop yeah. the farm oil, but you might just change the percentages of how mm-hmm. much you do. If you do half normally f- uh, floor-based stuff and then half actually going through some movements, you might just change that percentage and do more kind of movement-based stuff and yeah. less of the rolling. So it might just be like the absolute essentials because you know we always say that the farm oil is a little bit mixed. I still do it. It makes me feel a little bit yeah. better, but I would definitely cut it down to like, the bare minimum what you can get by with and then when you're actually doing like your mobility based your movement based stuff sorry um do it as a circuit one exercise to another to another nice and fast Mm -hmm. get your heart rate up get a little bit warmer get some uh yeah get the tissues actually warm which is the main aim of the warm yeah 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 people forget and i think just like you said again there about like just adding extra movement stuff if you have like i do exactly the same as you with the warm-up i have like um three different movement archetypes I'm trying to improve. So we've must yeah. try and go through knee flexion, hip flexion, um, something kind of hamstring based mm-hmm. and then a the do something kind of you laugh at my, my bracing <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love seeing those but instead of doing like I don't know like a leg extension you could do like your split squat and actually yeah. rather than doing like a static ISO hold split squat you could do like a set of 20 split squat actually going through full range of motion that's going to get yeah. your, your pulse up a little bit more it's going to get the tissues probably warmer mm-hmm. than sitting down especially when it's cold yeah. your hamstring one I normally do like a hamstring bridge yeah. but in the winter you could probably go for something a bit more dynamic um, so just be yeah being a bit more mindful of the, the time yeah I think there's no reason why obviously it's good to break down all the movements like we've we've mentioned there but there's no reason why like say you know you're going for some heavy squats or something why you can't just do just be really really simple like so if you know you're going to squat you can just get into a deep squat that's a good warm up to get your legs through that if you know you're going to be bracing I don't know do some bird dogs get you get your core ready and then and then just then you're simple to go then like I think it's as you say, just condensing it as much as possible so you can be in the movement like as quick as you can so like especially people working who don't have the luxury of training for two hours, thinking of adding like a five minute thing on the bike it's gonna it's gonna add five ten minutes on top of it at the end, so it's trying to condense one part of the workout that you think you can probably get well i don't really know what i'm trying to say there but try and condense a part of the a part of the warm-up that you is still replicable over onto the workout that yeah makes sense. you're doing the essentials you didn't notice that actually have direct carry but you're dropping kind of the luxury items of the warm up that might exactly, not have as yeah. much direct transfer and so like yeah. the foam rolling might might not help but doing a split squat beforehand or a bodyweight squat is definitely going to help exactly, so probably exactly. doing the more specific parts of that you have the main benefit of the warm-up, which is just a warm-up. Yeah, yeah. And I think people forget that sometimes. Yeah. Um, but then I'll also say, if anyone is in the gym, just give – Luke, a little watch at his warm up because it is brilliant with his breathing techniques. If you see him on his side, foam roller in the air, practicing his breathing, it's quite a spectacle. So, uh mm. what do you do when you um deadlift two ninety? What what kind of breathing oh, all do, right, you, all uh, right. do you do? Oh, okay. What about <laughs> what actually, do you, when you snatch forty kilos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> breathing. <laughs> um, what about like actually during the session? Like, is there anything that you would change compared to like in the summer? I guess the main thing is just the rest period. It's just the rest period. Yeah, I mean. Oh. There is obviously direct numbers that people go by, but I would just maybe just, if you feel ready, just go for it again. Like yeah. rather than being off like strict, like two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, five minutes rest, like go just when you feel ready, like it's, yeah. you can sort of be a little bit more lenient with that kind of stuff with it yeah. being cold. And I think, I mean, if you have too much warm up anyway, it can have an effect, like you come back into the set, you feel a little bit stiff. Yeah. And I think that's just magnified when things are a little bit colder as well. Like yeah. if you have 10 minutes rest in between and you're super cold, if you're doing a squat or something that's like a decent full range of motion yeah, exercise, yeah. it's going to feel uncomfortable, man. So just yeah, be yeah, really yeah. mindful. Probably put like a, even though we normally recommend Having as much warm up as needed to maximise the performance because if you can increase the amount of weight you're lifting over time, that's going to give you the best outcome. Yeah. Maybe just because you know that if you have too much rest, it's going to have a negative impact. Just cap your rest period at like I don't know whatever you think is mm. the absolute most that you can get away with, so like four or five minutes. That's yeah. In right, the main lift. Um. And so, it was- what, so, what do you? So as a power lift then, because you guys, as a, as a, as a general population, you guys like quite a lot of rest in between sets don't you so what what would you say do you have do you specifically change because I don't really rest too much anyway because I'm sort of moving 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 when you're say you're going for heavy debts or something like that how how do you drop your rest periods with it being cold or do you actually stay the same or with that so when I'm doing in when, when i warm up i don't have any rest in between sets so yeah. like if i can definitely do 75 125 yeah. 175 hundred and five, and i don't have any rest it's yeah. just load it go but then when it gets to the main stuff like for the top set like because i time it on that rep one it's like eight minutes mm. uh which you know is an ideal. but then everything else i do cut down um yeah. in the winter i would be more mindful i wouldn't have eight minutes between a squad because yeah, it does yeah, get yeah. cold um I'd probably try and cap it at five minutes because I think anything more than that, and you're going to rather than it be a benefit of getting full of recovery, you're going to get the negative of actually getting cold again. Yeah. It's just going to, it just feels disgusting. If you have too much rest anyway, it feels disgusting. Yeah. Never mind when it's that cold as well. I'll tell you what's quite simple that you do that I see. It's like, even when you're resting in between, I rarely see you. I know a lot of powerlifters too, but I rarely see you sitting down too much. Like you're always sort of walking around, wondering. Prefer to walk. Yeah, yeah I just I think you that just, it's just but... even something as simple as that probably keep you a lot warmer than you think than yeah. just sitting down in the same spot. And then, the, yeah, absolutely. So that's the rest periods, like just reducing the rest to like yes. as needed to maximize the performance, and just accepting that in the winter you're not going to be able to rest as long without, before it becomes more of a. Uh, a negative than a positive for getting the extra rest. But Mm -hmm. then the the next one, I guess is your accessories, your variations, like superset them, man. Mm, There's no reason why you can't, I, I do it a lot of time anyway to save time. Yeah. But you look at the studies, you look anecdotally like doing agonist antagonist opposite muscle. So like a push and a pull, for example. Yeah there's very, very little interference and there's very, like, negative effects. So there's mm-hmm. no reason you couldn't go and do a dumbbell press straight superset into, like, a rowing movement. So mm-hmm. it's A, great for saving time, and also B, it's going to help keep you warm as well. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You'll get a sweat on and you'll have to take the old air, uh, woolly hat off. <laughs> very rarely, very rarely, yeah. No, I agree. That's a very good method to, uh, yeah, keep you warm. What do you think of, like, supersets? Do you use them much to, to save time? Or yeah, definitely. Like- I, I'm very, like, I do use supersets. Obviously, I'm more, like... so like but i'd say that's still it's still more or less a form of superset yeah you just don't really get too much rest do you ever do so just so then opposites do you ever do like i don't know like a a agonist agonist superset bicep into or like a back exercise into a bicep or do you normally do the opposite i'm normally an opposite kind of person because i don't i just feel like sometimes when you're fatiguing the muscle too much going into another movement won't be as beneficial whereas you quite like working the muscle that you go into failure and then going on to the other another movement to failure yeah. which is i think more,
1: if more you're, beneficial
0: to you i think you've got the goal if your goal is yeah strength and you're trying to maximize the number on the bar which you're going to get to in yeah. a second anyway uh, yeah you, you've got to do opposite muscle groups yeah. if you're looking to train to absolute failure then maybe doing like a either mechanical drop set or a normal yeah. drop set is fine so you yeah. could do like a big barbell exercise into like a really slow concentration curl or yeah, spider curl yeah 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 and that could be fine if your goal is purely um muscle size but if it's for strength then for the strength. Opposite there's is. no point it's really strength. yeah you've got to maximize the uh the load on the bar mm. i think we can leave that there cool minimize really? your rest periods, superset yeah. as needed keep your heart rate up keep active and reduce your warm-up down to well maximize your warm-up time rather than doing floor-based stuff get yes. moving around get some uh get some blood into the areas that you're going to be training and mm-hmm. try and get yourself actually warm yeah Next one then we touched on just about the the high reps, but this is looking at a fat loss perspective i guess yes um, low weight high reps um, mm. is that better for fat loss than doing heavy weight and lower reps tough question really I think it it all sort of pans down to obviously we always talk about calories and all that kind of stuff, like fat loss is obviously so it's there's so much into your calories that you need to get right, so like the exercise and the movement it doesn't i don't particularly think it plays too much into it, so it's like as long as you're wanting to maintain muscle tissue whilst losing that fat, obviously you've just got to keep those reps as close to failure as possible. So ideally within like two or three RIR kind of thing. So as long as you're getting as close to that as possible, you're going to maintain your muscle tissue. And then if you're in that calorie deficit, you are going to hopefully obviously lose fat loss. So what's your opinion? I think you Yeah, it's right. yeah, fine. Um, I think there's a, a causation to it as well. So mm-hmm. it's like there's everything that goes with actually being sustainable in the gym. Yeah. If your goal is fat loss, there's so much, like, when you say, like, okay, going to the gym is great for fat loss. The actual session itself, like, isn't particularly, if you're doing strength training stuff, it isn't yeah. that amount of, like, you could burn, let's like, say, 500 calories. Yeah, yeah. You could have a chocolate bar after it, and then it's a, you know, it's the same one. Yeah. What you use in your gym sessions for is probably to maintain your muscle tissue. Yeah. Um, if if you go, what we do now from the research is that there's a massive correlation between intensity and strength. If you want to get stronger, you need to lift heavy weights. You need Mm -hmm. to lift like 80, 85, 90%. You need to increase your intensity over time. If you're looking for muscle size, you need, like you said, any load, absolutely any load, but you have to get close to failure. Yeah, it's just mechanical tension. All your body knows is mechanical tension, like regardless. It's just getting as close to failure as possible. And then, as you say, it's... and I think, but I think with that is like the firm, the lighter the load, the closer to that you probably have to get. Yeah. If you do like, because I could do an eight percent sets to six RP, and I pop that. Up. Oh, you said two to three. I think like mm. six ish RP yeah. is probably yeah. sufficient at the heavy intensities. Wow. Um, but it it it's, it's what you enjoy doing. So some people hate lifting heavy weights. Mm-hmm. Fair play. Yeah. Um. Some people I. Personally, I would hate to do a set of thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would yeah. hate to do a Too set. Much. 30. Yeah, I yeah. don't think that's... because you've got to do works. about twenty reps before you get to anything that's yeah. actually worth doing for the set. So you've got to go through that discomfort to then get the benefit. And then uh, on top of that, it's all we're sort of going off off topic a little bit, but it's not a problem. Like it's all based around like how fatigue comes into it. So it's like if you are doing lower reps, but say you're doing like a barbell movement that's a big compound thing, you're going to fatigue a lot more, and you won't be able to do that two three times a week. Whereas if you're on like I don't know, an isolation kind of movement like a leg extension or a bicep curl, you work close to failure on that. You, you're probably not going to fatigue as much as doing like a full body kind of movement so you can replicate that movement a few more times a week so you can get more out of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. When you're doing a leg extension, you're shortening through the muscle rather than yeah. lengthening. The shortening seems to not be the problem. It's whenever the muscle lengthens. Yeah. So like when you got that like, big eccentric before, so like the, the squat, it's super fatiguing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, think, I think you hit the nail on the head there though. Like, an understanding that like being in the gym isn't that tool for fat loss, it's the it's the tool for main, like maintaining muscle tissue or muscle size. When kind everyone, of thing. Cause when everyone says they've got a fat loss goal, you absolutely should, even if you don't know, you should be looking to at least maintain your muscle tissue. Yeah. There's yeah. no one that wants to drop their muscle tissue because no. muscle is fucking hard to build. Yeah, And yeah. once you've built it, you do not want to lose it. Um, so when you're in the gym, you're using our sessions to maintain the muscle tissue mm-hmm. as best as you can while you're in a calorie deficit. Yeah, and being in a calorie deficit and maintaining muscle mass or building muscle mass, building muscle mass is super difficult in a yeah, deficit. Yeah, is. Maintaining is tough, but you can do it. You've got to, like you said, you've got to make sure that you're doing... Your big movements for sufficient volume with sufficient sets to yeah. close to failure. Um, so when you're in the gym, you should absolutely be maximising that. I think the bad thing that people sometimes do is they they get a little bit confused and rightfully so, there's you know a lot of information that's conflicting. Mm. Uh they think that because they're going for fat loss, they're like, okay, I'm not going to do any strength training. Or when I'm doing it, because I don't want to get any bigger, because they think adding the muscle is going to make them look fatter perhaps. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They're not doing their sets with intent. So they're actually doing a really bad job of maintaining the muscle tissue. And then what's happening is they're losing muscle, they're losing fat, which probably shows up more on the scales. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. actually it's not achieving what they actually want to achieve. Because no yeah, one cares yeah, yeah. what you weigh. No. They care what they look like. And that's absolutely fine. But when you actually look at like how much when people do even go through like muscle gaining periods, when you, when people actually have like Dexitcans and heat, see how much muscle tissue they've actually gained. It's so minimal, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. there's, there's rarely that amount of muscle tissue that you can actually put on, but people think that they're going to put on loads and they're going to bulk up, as you say, and look like this absolute monster when it's, it's never really the case yeah. at all. Um, so, with the the low weight and the high reps, then we're both in agreement that you're trying to you're trying to maintain your muscle tissue yes. with the fat loss. You're trying to create your caloric deficit yeah, either through increased activity uh, or by eating slightly less, yeah. or both, yeah. which is what most people normally do. But what you are trying to do is you're trying to try, create a stimulus to maintain your muscle tissue or build. Yeah, and to that you have to take your sets close to failure. And I don't, I think when you mention increase that overall activity, um, if anyone is listening, don't think that that means by do, like doing. Uh, lo- hundred, loads more sets loads more sessions like you don't have to do all that activity in the gym sometimes like say you're doing three four sessions a week that can be plenty for certain like, individuals two, two to four strong sessions perfect and you can you can increase that activity elsewhere by increasing your steps going for a swim something simple like that it's not going to be fatiguing on your body so you can still yeah. recover well like don't start thinking you need to do seven sessions a week because you want to increase that overall activity think of like the the, the least fatiguing activity you can do that'll increase that overall activity and that's the it's best working. way to do it. Walking, yeah. Easily. This is what I was talking about when you say like what is the best for that and it's the causation of actually just going to the gym. Yeah. Because as soon as you start going you know, you get to the gym, all of a sudden you make slightly better choices with your food. Yeah. You're probably a bit better with your sleep. You're probably a little bit better with your activity. Yeah. In and amongst it. So actually just the routine of going to the gym helps create the habits of everything else that yeah, then encompasses yeah, yeah. losing weight. And it's the same with like when you're trying to build muscle. Going to the gym then means you make better, conscious decisions with everything yeah you see it all the time like people have like a few weeks off the gym and during that three weeks they've not been eating good quality food and still Mm -hmm. sleeping they've gone off the rails and you know they've had a a couple of weeks of doing pretty much what they want which you know is fine but it's not for your goals of whatever you're trying to work towards physically and mentally it's not gonna be the best thing have you um sort of staying on the question have you ever gone through like a big sort of cut or a big fat loss kind of journey or have you obviously with your powerlifting have you always stayed at certain weights i have been powerlifting now 10 years and i've mm. been at the same weight category for 10 years <laughs> <laughs> I did, uh, when i was younger i went up um like this is the thing because everyone says in powerlifting you know, i don't stay in the same category but mm. i did my like gaining weight from why'd you go american then don't stay in the same category man <laughs> don't stop <laughs> <laughs> i gained loads of weight from the ages of 18 to 23 okay and at the time i thought i was getting massive i remember this one time it's quite a uh, thing i was like yeah I'm, I'm getting massive but i'm still size 30 waist yeah. and I went I went bowling and I popped and I split my fucking jeans <laughs> I was like oh, I'm just my legs are so massive and actually I was just fat Yeah. so yeah, then I yeah. went into into losing weight the only other time I've done it is I, I went up I went up the weight class once and mm-hmm. I had to put the picture up after that. I looked fucking terrible I hated it I did it the opposite Big. I did it the opposite of what everyone Ooh. else says everyone's like uh, you know do it slowly yeah. minimise fat going I was yeah. having a tub of Ben and oh, every other no. day. it was a great great couple of weeks but I loved <laughs> <Blue> <laughs> top milk was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I come, I come in and you see it, man. I come out with this belt. I move the belt. Up, I got this little belly. Got this. I hated it. Mm. I felt disgusted. Yeah. I did yeah, it for yeah. one comp. My total went down from mm. when I was 75 So I'd actually gained a net negative of going up. <laughs> um, and then I had to go in a calorie deficit then to drop back down to seventy four. Yeah, yeah. And I lost loads of strength. How was that for you being in that calorie deficit? Like, did you find it quite easy? Was it my training like? As, at the time I think my best total was 6.30 mm. um, I went up to 83 totaled 6.17 to be fair it was a bad con. Yeah. and then from there I went down back down the same four, and I told 5.80 Yeah. it was terrible wow. and I just and it, like I tried I felt so weak but then like back onto the maintenance it went back up so mm. I finished the year exactly how I started it so yeah. I just did like, up down finished the same But, like, being in the deficit is tough. And, I mean, there's phases of training, like, I'm getting ready for a comp now in nine weeks. And, I mean, a small deficit, but it's, like, so small. Yeah. It's not, like... It's not going to be too detrimental because no. yeah because it's, my, it's, my activity is pretty high i've got you know i'm massive you're massive you're big, so my, cal- my, yeah. calorie, my calorie needs are quite high yeah i know but if i was on like two thousand calories it would be super tough yeah i was, was going to say because it's like it's it's understanding that like when you are losing weight and you do want to maintain that muscle tissue you obviously you're still trying to progress the overload you're still trying to get stronger whether that's reps weight whatever every single week so there's no reason why as you're actually losing weight and in that calorie deficit that you can't actually get stronger it's just a lot of people yeah but a lot of people think don't they? as soon as they start losing weight weights are going to drop completely where if anything you're trying to build the opposite way you're trying to Drop that weight and actually still progressively overload, get more reps in on certain and ways. And even if yeah, and even if you're not it is just preservation, like as as an absolute yeah. minimum, you want to preserve that. And that is through hard overload training. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And that is the key. So regard the answer is you can do whichever you want, do whichever one you prefer. If yeah. you find that heavy heavy weights makes you feel beat up or hurts your joints, or yeah. you just don't enjoy doing it, do the lighter stuff. But then the flip is that you've got to go through that uncomfortable burn mm-hmm. to then get the same benefit of what the yeah. heavy stuff is. So do whichever you want to do, have faces of different ones. Yeah the novelty um but acknowledge that that session is to maintain your muscle tissue and then mm-hmm. you're trying to use your calorie deficit your activity to try and increase um that expenditure yeah and i think that leads on to one of our other questions doesn't it so like and this is, this is an interesting one when we read this topic, actually. So how, how long, say I was training and then I had a good month off or two months off, how long does it take for me to sort of lose any muscle mass? I really hope, Ben, you were going to make this joke where you're going to say, that leads me on to the next question, which is, what's your favourite Disney <laughs> film? I was like, just no segue yeah. at all. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. um, training, time off, loss in strength. Yeah. So there's a few studies that I like to quote can't remember the author's names we can link them in the description uh the main one that i like to talk about is the the two week off training Mm -hmm. and the effect that had on muscle size and on strength and it was no effect yeah and if you look at the studies it seems to be around that kind of week three week four mark where you start to notice and we'll get to the caveats in this in a second but you start to notice the drop in muscle percentages because muscle is super hard to build yeah it is hard to lose like you're not going to lose 10 percent muscle mass No. Well, you might lose like 1% 2% and that is massive you mm-hmm. don't want to do that but it's it's not a massive percentage yeah um what does seem to be affected loads is your strength endurance and that is when I like anecdotally when I come back off training I feel strong I feel fresh yeah but if I do like a set of eights fucking that's hell, when you feel I'm, it I'm, yeah I'm do you want to do like my 10 second warm-ups on the bike <laughs> yeah I'm done <laughs> that 10 second max out on the Echo bike but um it seems to be the strength endurance and I think uh, there's a few reasons for that but then the caveat so when you're looking at like what actually does detrain is your skill the Mm. skill of actually doing your lifts like the technique element is what does detrain but that comes back super super quick so Mm -hmm. you might feel like I've completely forgot how to squat I forgot how to do a, a snatch um but the skill comes back super super yeah. quick so the the faster it detrains the, the quicker it comes back um and the one rule that i really like and it was it was mentioned in the meta-analysis is the yeah. amount of time that you have off takes you half that time to then get back to the level that you were so if mm-hmm. you have a month off you're gonna have to do your time for two weeks it's gonna feel like shit but in two weeks you pretty much be back to where yeah you were. and that's all that skill side of it isn't it it's like that's why when people say that first session back they that like, oh, i feel shit when actually most of it's probably just down to that just actually getting through the movements and stuff yeah. and getting used to actually moving that weight again, rather than losing all that muscle that most people think that's actually happened. Cause, yeah. um, in that, is this a study where it said for the general population, you're not actually going to have any effects for 28 days. Is that the same one? Or yeah, a, there was a meta analysis. Yeah. There, yeah. Yeah. And there was a study in there, wasn't there? Yes, yeah, so you see it, yeah. Twenty the carrots are older older populations seem to detrain faster yeah. work. which it's super important for older people to try and keep up your activity. And you're not like if someone has like a month of not doing especially yeah. if you're like 60, 17, you you stop doing your walks or you stop doing your your little strength sessions that you would do. If you stop doing that, like that's a massive, a yeah. massive difference compared to a twenty year old having a couple of weeks off. There's a huge difference. So yeah. as you get older it seems to be more of a pronounced effect. Um The other things, I guess, was that it has more of an effect on strength endurance, like we said. And it's hard to explain why, but I think it's because the mechanisms that would affect power also then affect strength endurance. But then you also get the other effect of detraining through the cardiovascular side of things as well. So it just becomes a bit more pronounced because it's a multitude of things rather than for power. The cardio side of things doesn't really affect your your 10 seconds whereas, spins on the yeah, yeah. yeah whereas yeah. strength underlies everything doesn't it with, with yeah. regards to your strength and endurance and then i think that leads into like a few good questions that you can ask with regards to these studies like um for example we were talking weren't we about like crossfitters for example who train twice a day seven days a week i guess if they if, if those guys have two weeks off you're missing 14 sessions they're missing a lot of sessions compared to someone else so i think it would be interesting. I don't know if there is any studies out there that have been done on CrossFit, is that like how much detrimental effect having a good two weeks off for athletes like those would have? Like, yeah. I just, can you imagine, like, it's it's super difficult to recruit for that. It, it's yeah. super it's just, <laughs> right. I want, Yeah, I know. To get like a general pop guy to say, I'm gonna put you through a training bar effect, but then you need to have two weeks off. Yeah. Well, that's tough. Yeah. You're going up to the high level crossfit and say, We <laughs> we have two weeks off. I want to see how shit you get lifting. You're going up it. to the average Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> and you're saying train twice a day for two weeks. But, but I think for, yeah, months. I think the point is valid is that like the more sessions you miss it, the more effect that it is gonna have. Yeah. But I guess within that point sessions, a lot of it would be skill based when it like your yeah. your gymnastic work, etc Yeah. So yeah, that yeah. would probably detrain fast but then come back pretty quick. Yeah, and they're different components obviously these studies were all about strength and all that kind of stuff whereas they're more skill related things yeah. um but yeah in terms of in terms of muscle size it's it's, it's very very slow very nice. i like to talk when I, when we talk about this it's like how can you how can you mitigate these changes and we speak about it a lot where people think like if you go on holiday and i used to do this as well mm. like oh, i'm not training so i'm going to eat loads of protein <laughs> And it's like, it's a bit like young people say if you take steroids, you still got to train. Like, mm. you've got to create the anabolic. Yeah,
1: body, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah.
0: It's the same with the protein. Like, if you want to, you know, you've got to fucking, you've got to actually trigger muscle point synthesis. You can't just have all this yeah. point to build the muscle. It's just, yeah, you just so, add calories into yourself. Yeah, yeah you're just going to make yourself fat, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I've gained there freaking. Out. Look at all, all this muscle. gained. Uh, what you could do is uh, like take advice from like Jeffrey Dahmer when he would be at university and he would just do do like a set of press ups because we know that actually to maintain your muscle size mm. you only need about 10 percent of the volume yeah. for like beginners so if you could do just a little bit of training while you're away so yeah. i always recommend just split squats and press ups just one or two sets just to keep yourself moving to yeah. keep that little thing uh would do a good job of trying to like mitigate the time off so if yeah. you can't get to the gym for a month let's say you've had a baby and uh, you can't really yeah. still get to the gym for a month if you could just do that little bit of training at home like five minutes just one thinking. set of upper body one yeah. set of lower like the absolute minimum training you can get away with would go a long, long way compared to having our time completely yeah, off. Yeah, learn from our idol, Big Jeffrey D. Yeah, I think yeah. couple beers, couple a, beers, couple a couple of beers, couple of beers, a couple of brewskis. I saw a video actually and it was like it, it some of this up perfectly. Not not Jeffrey D, don't worry. Um I was a guy on a bus and he was he was obviously Mr. Sessions and he was trying to get it in, but he was doing like he was doing like rear flies and like bicep curls with one of the seat belts on the bus. Nice. And I think that is <laughs> the true idol who just need you need to get it in wherever you are. If you're on holiday. Pick up a rock off the beach, start doing you know, some I used, to, I used to go into the pool, and I used to like the bicep curls with the hands open, <laughs> like trying to guess uh, the bicep. Yeah, yeah. um, so yeah, in to, to summarise, has more of an effect for older people yes. than it does younger people. Um, you can mitigate it by doing a very small amount of training, but you mm. don't really have to worry for, for two weeks. Yeah, You'll feel shit the week you come back. You probably won't have an intro a week where you gradually go back. Your intensities yeah. and volumes rather than jumping back into where you were. Mm-hmm. Uh, roughly half the time off that you had is probably how long you should have for your intro week. So if yeah. you've had a month off, have two easy weeks, progressively blow back up, and then jump back in at your and volumes. you be there. But up to a month, you're looking at very small effects on power, muscle size, you're going to have a bit of a hit on endurance sure, but it will come back pretty quick yeah. and i think that actually leads really well onto the next question what's your favorite <laughs> disney film <laughs> is that all the training ones we've we got the training ones out the I way. i think so yeah okay right so now we're into the real stuff no let's do the trends first and then we'll do the well we've got all oh, the trends this right. is interesting i like actually. this is this is my question cuz i like to think about the like science put something out there We always try to talk about what we think the trends of the year are going to be. Um, And I think this year has been the trend of optimal training, Mm. which has been people talking about, like, coming away from the compound lifts. They've been talking about, like, using cables, specific lines of pulls. D-handles. D-handle, one-armed, you know, 40-degree lean back. Yeah. Uh, Everyone's gone super, super optimal with the training, which isn't a bad thing. It's like people, uh, you know... Open the scope of like what exercise they would do for their accessories. Yeah, I also think this has been a great year for um, really pushing your accessories hard. Yeah, and that's something that I've we've spoke about a few times on the podcast and how much more you can get out of your training by actually being super intentful with your yeah, accessories, yeah, yeah. even indirectly. Like looking at a lot of these influencers and stuff who have who have pushed rather than. Compounds are obviously brilliant, but they obviously have just stripped back their training and gone for more of the accessory stuff as their like main, main movement thing. So it's like, if they're doing chest, they're not specifically looking at bench. They're looking at like really isolating their chest, or like, like a Smith machine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is, it's really good actually and put and shows that even when you do new accessories, you still should, should, still should be working them as intensely mm. as doing your compounds at the start of your workout. Big time. And I think, um, yeah, that was a huge thing for this year. Mm. So my prediction. Go on. Let's hear your prediction is people are going to take it too far. Okay. And I've seen that already now where a couple of like high-level guys have said that they've been doing so much accessory stuff, it's actually affected their top-end strength. Yeah, yeah. Oh, without a doubt. So... A, a big Seanorica did a he puts a post up. He's massive into like pushing accessories. He does like he's there's a few people that do it with the powerlifting where they'll do, they'll have a coach program the powerlifting side of stuff, yeah. and then they'll kind of just do like broad stuff after it, um, which is great. But he spoke about how it's maybe having a negative effect because you know yeah. there's only so much that you can recover from, and if you've all of a sudden added, you know, an extra ten hard sets a week of like chest, even if it's chest flies, yeah. it is still going to have an effect. Yeah. So my prediction is twofold. Go on. He's one. People are going to actually ease back on their accessories. They're still going to lift super, super intense, yeah. but there's going to be a drop in the amount of accessories that people are doing. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be doing like six or seven different movements for chest or back. They're going to ease back on that slightly. They're still going to lift with the same intense because yeah. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. But rather than going for volume for the sake of volume and just thinking more is more, they're going to think, okay, I'm going to the, the small amount that I am going to do, I'm really going to push it hard. I'm going to get up to a point where I can recover from it, but then I'm actually still going to prioritise. My main stuff yeah yeah so that's your prediction so got to go on and hit me with a second second one barbell rolls Is that your, it's is your second, second prediction. prediction is barbell because rolls every, it, it's the optimal thing again everyone went anti-barbell roll and they're saying in terms of like building back strength yeah barbell roll is not a good exercise it requires skill requires rigidity through your lower back to hold the position um you know you look at like in the barbell club, we, we do the pen day roll because mm. I think it's a great exercise for that reason. Like it yeah. teaches people to actually maintain that position, which is yeah. super important. But they were saying like, when you actually want to push your back ex- ex- accessories, uh, doing something chest supported, something slower tempo, is going to be better than a barbell roll. Yeah, okay. Now I think they're going to come back in because I think it's gone too yeah. far now to the way of people doing like one arm, weird out fly. they will actually, it's going to come back full circle. and You be think like, they're going to bridge or come all the way back into the, I think yeah. they'll still carry on doing like the, the optimal kind of stuff with the yes. cables, trying to get these angles. But I think people start doing barbell balls again. Okay, that's so you prediction. predicting you want to hear my prediction? So I think I've gone very much in the middle. So I think obviously this year has been very optimal all the D handles, all this stuff, line of pull, all of that kind of bullshit. Um, and then, but, so I think we're, we're going to strip it back, as you said, but we're not going to go all the way back to Barbell rows. I think this year is going to be the year. Are we, are we talking for 2023? 2023. Or, yeah, yeah reckon, not, not Christmas 2022. <laughs> I reckon it'll be the year of the dumbbells. Okay. I reckon year of the dumbbells. So people won't go straight back to barbells. Because it's still straight bar, they like all these optimal people will think now you still can't get in the best angles. Whereas dumbbells, it's very compoundy still, but you're still going to have better angles on That's things. Good. So I th- reckon I'll do like. Because I was, uh, there's always an exercise every year where someone like it because so this year was the year with dips and hypers. Yes. <laughs> Everyone's smashing dips. Everyone's smashing. The year before, it was like um ball squat. Um one as well i can't remember what it was but i was thinking like what would be the next exercise mm. so i was thinking um the, the barbell valve barbell right you, you think dumbbell press which I is think... a good shout because i was thinking like we've had hypers but dips is kind of chest so yeah. I, I was trying to think is the pressing one i actually think the next exercise and i keep pushing Mark to get one adductor machine i think adductor training is. you going have to been be pushing that yeah, yeah. I yeah i think adductor training is going to be massive you can already see people doing more cul- i mean we're massive on combinations. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 but I think more people are going to be doing uh, rotational, actual like different movement out of planes if you're powerlifting mm. or just general strength training. And I think the adductor machine is going to be a big one. Yeah. Whereas I want to get a hack squat. <laughs> you keep saying get the hack squat. I'm like, no, get a hack squat. Have you, used, have you used a hack squat? Plenty of times. Do you like them? Absolutely brilliant. I fucking hate them. Have you yeah, but what I hack have used you them- used? What hack squat have you used? Cybex. So, no, you are nah, just saying that for the sake of it. If we're getting into pure bodybuilding, we'll have to do another podcast for this because I've got my whole opinion on that. A Cybex hack squat. Best best thing for for yeah. knee flexion, getting your quads going and fatiguing them. It's the absolute best thing. I saw or, a a pendulum, pendu- or a pendulum squat. I'm glad you mentioned that. I fucking hate <laughs> a pendulum squat. How do you hate a pendulum because, squat? What, you do. Everyone thinks oh, great for knee flexion. It's it's you, you shouldn't stay vertical and it shifts back to be more fucking hip dominant. I don't like it. Oh. Pendulum's, I'm going to cancel Pendulum. No, game. you fucking better not. I'm going to get you on a Pendulum, yeah? And you, your quads will be absolutely free. My quad <laughs> is already hanging on for its life. <laughs> if you put me on a hack squat, I'm done. Um, so, I, yeah, I think Barbell Rolls, you think Dumbbell Press. Yeah. Remember this and we'll come back to it. We and will, it's like, yeah. Actually, like, Barbell Rolls have been banned from gyms for not being safe. Leading on to... Actually, <laughs> this is actually serious now. What do you think would be like... With regards to gym brand, do you know gym brands like very well or not? What do you mean? So like, like brands that like, produce equipment. Yeah, no, yeah. No. What do you think will be? Because this year has been the year of like the Nautilus, hasn't it? Nautilus is huge. So do you reckon there'll be a breakthrough for a, a bit of gym kit next year, oh, or do you not? Do you not know end? to Do you? I th- I think Panatta will come right through. I don't know enough about it to be honest. What's the uh, pure gym? Always have one. I can't remember. Really <laughs> Matrix. <thought>. Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> There was, um, <laughs> one of my favourite times ever in powerlifting was uh, Ash Liston I, taught, I asked the interview on here I fucking love him Joe yeah. one of his mums I was like oh, I've only got 7 hours sleep yeah. he used to work on the railway tracks right? and he used to come home at like 4am and the ones he finished at like 4am and he came mm. and spotted an handle at a comp and like there was this meme from my maid and it was like a house burning on fire and it's like someone's like some oh I haven't had seven hours sleep or I haven't been able to use the illegal bar and Ash listened, used to turn it here in a, a pure yeah. gym like more a pure gym uh, it'd be like the house is on fire it's like Ash just lucky he's been able to see his family for the day or something like that <laughs> so Ash used to make a job he's like oh this is the new um, IPF approved matrix <laughs> <bencher." It's>, like, <laughs> the on worst. The, yeah the yeah, worst, worst, worst thing so, uh, he'd always put like the um, illegal sticker like bar where it said Matrix, and I used to love that. Is so that Matrix actually, is coming back, mate. You know, there's actually <laughs> Matrix is shit, but there's actually some alright <coughs> bits of kit that they've made, like like genuinely mm. like that. They made a hack squat, and it was actually not too bad. Stop I think they, they have, a con- them, I think <laughs> they actually have, a, I think they have a converging chest press, which is actually alright. But some of them are terrible that like go outwards or something like so that. Look at your body because you keep talking about bodybuilding. So, uh, <laughs> back in the day, mate, Olympia two k. Twelve. Right. We have got two right. more questions because I forgot the one, the last training question that we asked. uh What are good mobility exercises for weightlifting? Oh, okay. Oh, I forgot about that one. um I think it, it's all depending on what level of weightlifter you are. So, like, I'd always say beginners, like we were doing on the weightlifting club. It's obviously good to get everything warm because it is full body movements. But I think overall, the thing that will stem it the best is just getting into good movements. So it's like, I know it sounds simple, but like actually getting into good deep squats going through the actual movements spending time in the positions that you're trying to get exactly into. and it's, it's going to open everything up for your hips and all that kind of stuff rather than thinking right what's the best way I can open my hips couch stretch all of this kind of stuff yeah, I think just getting into big deep squats big deep front squats big deep overhead squats whenever, that's the best way to open whenever it. whenever it comes to mobility a lot of the times the mobility stuff that people recommend like the the, the couch stretches the farm all it has this very small acute effect yeah. on your mobility so they might allow you to get into the better position in the session but long term actually doing the positions and doing them well is what's going to cause the effect yeah. that you have yeah, yeah 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 there was this legendary video of quinn hannock's is like the best exercise to improve the front rack and there's like this pause and like, is the front rack? <laughs> yeah, it's and true, isn't it's, isn't like it? Everyone goes. oh, I can't get my elbows through. And it's like, you just got to spend time because you've never been like wristing that much extension. You've never been trying to get into like shoulder flexion. Yeah. Like, as soon as you try to do that, it will improve. But then like outside of that, because that's, you know, that's super obvious for people. I like, yeah, actually yeah, do yeah. the positions, do them well with intent. Let's look at the big two, like your overhead. Yeah. Your front rack. And then actually the deep squat. Is there anything that you would directly recommend outside of just doing the lifts and doing them properly? You like the old... uh the old, what's the old lat with a stick didn't you? oh that's really good that's obviously less, that's set. less hip that's less hip stuff though but, no it? but no but I'm saying all three oh, oh, free, so it's a foot it's... back position to being a move You're yeah a that, that right. is that's a good lap position I remember when I what first what do you call it stick overhead stick lap. overhead lap pull kneeling perfect <laughs> that's when I first did that I've genuinely never felt a stretch as good in my lats as that and uh, I think stretching out we're going off off piece again a little bit but I think like stretching out your lats and keeping them fresh is actually really underrated and still not maybe that's my prediction that people start stretching out their lats more Um, but I think that's a really underrated thing with, with regards to weightlifting and being in that front rack position people initially think right oh no my wrists can't get into that position my elbows aren't high enough what's the best way to get into that position and most of the time the not more often than not, it is just tight lats that can't get you into that position. So stretching them out is actually gonna have a huge effect. And I've done it a lot of times with people where I've done that exact stretch with them. So we've done a front rack position first. They really struggle. They think fucking hell, this is Tests, horrible. Re-tests. Yeah. They do that and then they go into the position and it feels a lot smoother. So oh, <gasps> you're a magician. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's a good old stretch to do. Um, Mr. Rogers old yeah. uh Olympic lifter himself. What's your uh, bit of advice for? I like to be fair. You are good with mobility with regards to hip stuff, so your stuff will carry over. Well I hit that breathing, an arm squat. <laughs> yeah, you remember? Yeah. yeah. Um, with your overhead stuff, I mean, just like I said again, without saying, like spending more time overhead. I love the dead hang; mm. it's my favorite. Just yeah. spending time, and also like just being like really focused when you're doing it, rather than like talking to teammates again. Slow your breathing down. Think about like the muscles that you're trying to actually lengthen yeah. through. Slow down that breathing. try not to be like compensating the next for your back. So just hanging yeah. from a bar, arms straight, trying to keep the ribs down. Just trying to slow down the breathing in that yeah. position. I think that goes a long way for for every. Yeah, like that shoulder flexion position. It is relatable to it all. And like leading to that, if you can't do just a normal barbell overhead, like a good way to do that is if you ever done wall slides. Yeah. So they're, they're brilliant. If you do actually struggle and you want to still go through that overhead position, just sticking like it, you can do this at home or, or in the gym, like just sticking a stick or a broom between um, a door frame or a, a rig. And then you just can, if you obviously struggle to get overhead, you can come a little bit further back, and it means you can still work through that overhead movement. And if you're getting a little bit smoother, a little bit more mobile, you can start working more into the rack. And I think doing that, you can start sort of feeling like, what's really tight, right? Mm. My upper back, I'll stretch that out. Oh, my ankles are feeling a little bit stiff. I'll stretch them out. And getting through that movement means you can then identify things that do feel a little bit tighter. Um, So, yeah. What about for the lower body? Lower body, I just... I know it's simple but I just think sitting in a deep squat is just so so good and just making sure you're working through good ankle flexion so even chucking like a kettlebell on your leg when you're in a deep squat position and trying to work your knee all the way over that ankle to get your ankles ready what do you think about I see a lot of people now talking about just doing calf raises for improving like your ankle mobility like doing full range of motion calf raise It's no, the really? Yeah, yeah 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 oh, so sure. you think about it, you're going into like you know, full dorsi and plantar flexion to yeah, do yeah. it properly so like, yeah. and you're getting lowed for it so it's probably mm. going to make more of a systemic change yeah yeah. no one does this so it no like, I've not seen that too much actually you think of, well, if you just think about it now when you're doing it like actually like, not like on the floor doing it on the machine so you can get mm. your heel right down yeah, that's yeah, a full yeah. range of motion ankle yeah. with yeah. loads as well so. yeah that is good actually i tell you it's a good do you follow that um, oh, what's his name that knee over toes guy toes over knee I can't remember his name I know you're on about I've got a couple of things to think about that <laughs> you know I agree with some, I know no, that some do, of the stuff he's I done with just, ankle flexion is quite good I think I think a lot of stuff he does is great I think just I don't want to get into it yeah, think another having podcast. having your whole basis around like one methodologies like basing everything off one thing yeah. is not right for me I'll tell you who my favourite influencer is uh, Scott Lewis Joel Seed, Joel Seed. <laughs> Fantastic. He's brilliant. So basically, spend more time in the positions that you've got to be with good yeah. quality and then just doing a couple of additional drills. But again, yeah. quite minimalistic, but mimicking the patterns that you're going to be yeah. doing in the session. And I think, yeah, based off like sort of levels. So the more advanced you get, the more times you can probably have doing mobility stuff, the lower lower end you are, as you said, just go through go through the positions. That'll be the most I might thought that might be the opposite, yeah, actually. Like when you get super advanced, like you're probably not going to get anything out of doing the mobility. Mm. Like you look at like the Indian weightlifting team, they did like that massive general warm-up, but then it's just the positions that it. Yeah, their yeah, warm up yeah. was very like running on the spot, high knees, yeah, lots of yeah. like basic ballistic movements. Uh, but then the actual specific warm up for the positions was just weightlifting. Really? Yeah, and a lot of the time they do. You'd watch them actually when they were here, and they do. They'd start going through the movements. This actually links quite well, and they'd just do all of their mobility stuff in between sets, and that would be like while well, they're resting, they're doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. same it's reason. Not, yeah, it's not fatiguing. It links to that warm up stuff we were talking about earlier. It's not yeah. fatiguing at all on the body, but it's still getting you mobile, ready for when you start adding load onto the bar. A lot of their uh, stretches were quite sexy then. Remember the uh, that the, the coach used to be on that the, the big Indian guy, the Superheavy, but like fucking sitting on top of that. Like, wow, <laughs> oh yeah, <that'd> be- <laughs> that would uh, be. I think that that leads nicely onto the next question, doesn't mm. it? So uh, obviously talking about weightlifting, what is your favourite Disney film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I have not got much input yet, so go for it. You don't watch any Disney films? I can't think of any. That, like uh, Marvel, does that come? That's Oh, my God. How could you... Disney is that you've got the staple Disney films, so like the Mulan. like um, Yeah, exactly all those. And then you've got the new ones, like Frozen, Tangled. What, new I'll tell you what I do thing? think. I feel sorry for, like, I've got a niece that's like three, four now, yeah. and she's obsessed with Frozen. Like, every time I go around, there's something Frozen. I'm like, how are you watching this, Laura? It's brilliant. Frozen brilliant. Over and over again. Yeah, always, everyone had a film when they were younger that they'd watch over and over again. So, will tell you what mine was. This is pretty bad, actually. Every day, I would go to, um, I wouldn't go to a Blockbuster, but I'd go to a video shop that did yeah, videos. Yeah, the Blockbusters. Yeah, it wasn't a Blockbuster, it was its own branded one. Um, nice. And every week, me and my family would go, I'd always get um, S Club 7, the movie. <laughs> Have you ever watched it? No, I haven't. It's so good. And I, that's the only reason I know S cup 7, is because I used to watch their movie every single week. I used to always watch every day Exorcist 3. <laughs> <laughs> have you, where have you got that from? Well, So what's your favourite Disney film? Favourite Disney film, I'd say Tangled is my favourite Disney film. Mmm. Mm. I bet you haven't watched it, have you? No. Django? Did did Jango. <laughs> Yeah, Django. That's good. So, all oh, that yeah. watch Django. Yeah, Django and Chains. Yeah, that's that's not Disney, unfortunately. Okay. But, um, my favorite Disney film. I haven't really watched. I'm not just saying that to be cool. I, I just can't think. You've of got all Snow movie. White. The lot. You is... Snow White. It scared me a bit. Did it? What the uh, the witch? <laughs> the witch one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it used yeah. Used to scare me. Um, Beauty and the Beast. That was good. Beauty and the Beast is good. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast is very good. <sighs> I haven't got much. In- I'm gonna no. Beauty all right. Well, you disagree with me then. Tangled. It is. Django. What about your favourite animation animation film then? Oh my god! <laughs> Do you not know anything? Do you not watch many animation films? No. You got Wally. You've got where's Wally? Yeah. Where's, oh, Wally. Wally. Oh, where's Wally? Wally. Wally. Ah! Monsters Inc. Is Monsters that Inc. There Monsters is Inc. Inc. It's no, not Disney, Monter but Inc. we'll take it. yeah. It is. It's not no, sorry, I'm not arguing with yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, it's yeah. as if you don't know. All right. Right, yeah. Good. So, not Monsters Inc. <laughs> not, well, we can say Monsters University was better than Monsters Inc., I think. What's the i don't know man. i'm sorry i don't okay, know right? yeah. thank you <laughs> yeah thank you for listening if you've only tuned in to the last minute i seem like an idiot yeah and hopefully you listened to the start we had a bit more input but yes. thank you you can do the excellent yeah thank you for listening um obviously if you guys have any of the questions that you want us answering please just shoot them over and we'll answer them in another podcast but um yeah thanks for listening guys and we will see you in a bit see you at the next one